Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 9. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Now the donkeys of Kish, Saul's father, were lost. And Kish said to his son, Saul, please take one of my servants with you and arise and go and look. Underline, arise, go, look for the donkeys. So he passed through the mountains of Ephraim and through the land of Shalisha or Shalisha. But they did not find them. And then they passed through the land of Shalom and they were not there. And then he passed through the land of the Benjamites, but they did not find them. And when they had come to the land of Zuf, Saul said to his servants who was with him, come, let us return, lest my father cease caring about the donkeys and become worried about us. And he said to him, look now, there is in this city a man of God, and he is an honorable man. All that he says surely comes to pass. So let us go there. Perhaps he can show us the way that we should go. And then in verse 7, are you looking at it? Then Saul said to his servants, but look, if we go, what shall we bring the man? For the bread in our vessels is all gone and there's no present to bring to the man of God. What do we have? And the servant answered Saul again and said, look, I have here at one hand, one at hand, one fourth of a shekel of silver. I will give that to the man of God to tell us our way. Insert formerly in Israel. When a man went to inquire of God, he spoke thus, Come, let us go to the seer. For he who is now called a prophet was formerly called what? A seer. Well, then Saul said to his servant, Well said, come, let us go. So they went to the city where the man of God was. And as they went up the hill to the city, they met some young women going out to draw water and said to them, Is the seer here? And they, the women, answered them and said, Yes, there he is, just ahead of you. Hurry now, for today he came to this city because there is a sacrifice of the people today on the high place. And as soon as you come into the city, you will surely find him before he goes up to the high place to eat. For the people will not eat until he comes because he must bless the sacrifice. Afterward, those who are invited will eat. Now, therefore... Go up, for about this time you will find him. And so they went up to the city, and as they were coming into the city, in verse 14, there was Samuel coming out toward them on his way up to the high place. Stop right there, saints. Give me your attention. I want you to notice how God opens up. Listen, very important. I want you to notice how God opens up probably the most important chapter in the history of Israel. 
God opens a chapter by talking about lost donkeys. Interesting. God is using lost donkeys to accomplish his will. God is using lost donkeys to supernaturally bring two people together. A king is going to be led to the throne, a prophet who's going to give him the news that he's the new king. Interesting. Seemingly chance events, lost donkeys altered the course of history. Or even just three words, arise, go, look. Three commands set in motion a series of events that leads to the anointing of Israel's first king. I think it's funny that Israel's first king is found while looking for a donkey. At the same time, this isn't all chance or coincidence. This is what we call providence. I told you on Sunday, didn't I? The sovereign savior, and I told you I like to say the sovereign savior, the sovereign savior is always multipurposeful. I told you Sunday that the sovereign savior is never doing just one thing in what he's doing. He's always doing thousands of things that we can't see. He has thousands of purposes in everything he does. I told you on Sunday that the sovereign savior is infinitely wise and everything he does relates to everything else he's doing. And in our story, God uses lost donkeys to guide Saul. God uses circumstances in our lives to guide us. That's why we as Christians do not believe. Are y'all listening? That's why we as Christians do not believe in happenstance. We do not believe in chance. I don't. I believe everything that happens to me is ordained and strategically arranged by God. How about you? God is, again, everything God does relates to everything else he's doing. Providence. You got to get this. Because if you don't get this, then you walk around and everything that happens, you go, oh, why that happened to me? Oh, man, I don't know why I got a flat tire. Well, how about if you got a flat tire because the guy is going to help you to change your tire? God wants you to tell him about him. He needs to hear the good news. How many times has something happened in your life? You think about it. I don't know. You think about it. How many times has something happened in your life and you don't really get it right then, but then later on you go, oh, that's why that happened. Or if I had not been there and if that had not happened, and not been arranged like this or set up like this, and that wouldn't have happened, and this wouldn't have happened, and I wouldn't have met that person, and this wouldn't have happened. God is all, that's how God works. And so for the Christian, that's how we rest. That's how we rest. We trust in the Lord with all of our heart. We lean not to our own understanding. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, memory verse. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all of your ways, and he will do what? Direct your path. That's providence. God is always working for our good and his glory. Write it down. And look at verse 4. Saul and his servant come through the mountains of Ephraim, but they're looking for the donkey. They did not find them. Three times it says they did not find them. They did not find them. Because God did not want them to find them. This was probably getting frustrating for Saul, but God was working out his plan. Think about it. These donkeys could have gone anywhere. 
but they went exactly where God wanted them to go. They submitted to God. You know, we hear people talk about dumb animals, don't we? But these donkeys were smart. They were smart enough to submit to God. Are you? They were smart enough, yeah, outro, amen. They were smart enough to submit to God and do what God led them to do. God has a plan and a purpose for you right where you're at. God is always providentially working on your behalf. Are you glad about it? Always providentially working on your behalf. Anybody here from Providence, Rhode Island? Anybody from Providence, Rhode Island? Anybody? No. One person. Oh, I didn't see you. Oh, oh, raise your hand higher then. I didn't see you. Okay. Are you from Providence, Rhode Island? I didn't know that. Um, Okay, Providence, Rhode Island. Then do you know this? Providence, Rhode Island was the first settled, was first settled in June 1636 by Roger Williams and was one of the first cities established in the U.S., and one of the original 13 colonies. Roger Williams named the area in honor of God's merciful providence, which he believed was responsible for revealing such a haven for him and his fellow settlers. Interesting. Providence, Rhode Island. I told you in John's study, remember, you should learn the word providence. Providence, if you're taking notes, here's where you want to get the writing. Providence is not to be confused with good fortune, fate, or luck. Providence is not to be confused with good fortune, faith, or, fate, or luck. Good fortune is blind, while God is all-seeing. Fate is impersonal, while God is a father. Luck is dumb, while God can speak. There are no blind, impersonal forces at work in the affairs of Christians. Everything that happens is brought to you by the providential hand of God. The word providence, if you're taking notes, it means the supernatural arrangement of natural events. The supernatural arrangement of natural events. In other words, everyday natural events are happening, but a supernatural hand arranges those natural events that are happening every day. That's called providence. Providence teaches God is continually involved in all created things in such a way that he, number one, keeps them existing and maintaining the properties with which he created them. Number two, cooperates with created things in every action, causing them to act as they do. And thirdly, directs them to fulfill his purpose. So then providence includes God's work of sustaining his creation. It is God who is sustaining creation and not man. Can you say amen? There are four common errors as it relates to God and creation. Keep up with me. Deism teaches God created the world and then essentially abandoned it. Pantheism, creation doesn't have a real distinct existence. It's part of God. That's what pantheism teaches. Four common errors as it relates to God and creation. Deism, pantheism, chance teaches randomness. Fate teaches impersonal determinism. None of these relate to God. 
None of these relate to God and creation. God is the creator of creation. It's as simple as that. And you can't have a creation without a creator. Huh? You can't have a watch without a watchmaker. I told you, you can't have a shoe without a cobbler. You got it. A cobbler is a shoemaker. You can't have a building without a builder. And you can't have creation without a creator who is God. Isaiah 40, 28. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Providence, notice in our story, the donkey gets lost. I'm trying to teach you something here. The donkeys get lost. Kish sends the boys to find them. They look here, they can't find them. They look there, they can't find them. God is leading. Saul's getting frustrated. He doesn't know it's God. Look at verse 5. Saul gets to Zuf, and Zuf is enough. Saul says, we better turn around. Dad is going to stop worrying about the donkeys, and he's going to start worrying about us if we don't get back. And no doubt, right at that moment, the spirit, listen, the spirit poked the servant. And the servant said, I heard about a man of God, an honorable man. Look at how Saul's reputation, is, uh, 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 Samuel's reputation is in the community. I heard about a man, a man of God, an honorable man, a real prophet, a seer. Let's go ask him. Maybe he can tell us. Verse 6, verse 7, Saul said, listen, we don't have a gift to offer him. We can't even give him some bread because we're out of bread. Verse 8, the servant said, I got a little money. I'll give it to the man of God. Verse 9 tells us, when someone went out to inquire of God, he was called a what, saints? A seer. A prophet was called a seer. The seer had a gift to see into the spiritual realm. They had insight, foresight, spiritual sight. But now Samuel is beginning this new line of prophets, which is more attached to a nation, to a national situation. The word prophet in Hebrew is interesting. I don't have time to tell you everything, but I'll tell you this. It's an interesting word. It's naba, naba, N-A-B-A, naba in Hebrew. And the word prophet naba means to bubble up. It means to bubble up. It means to gush forth or to pour forth. Now that reminds me of John chapter 7. Jesus is standing on the steps. People are gathered together. Jesus got these big pots of water and he pours the water down, tips over the pot and the water goes down the steps and Jesus yells, And he says, if any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink, and I will give him living water, and the water that I'll give him will come from within him, and it will flow like torrents, John 7, torrents or gushing forth or pouring forth of living water. 
Jesus says, if you come to me for something to drink, I'm going to give you water and then I'm going to fill you. And then that verse actually goes on to say, this he spoke of the Holy Spirit. Am I right about it? This he spoke of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is saying that if you come to him, he's going to give you the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is going to bubble up from within you. Are y'all with me? You're going to bubble up from within you and pour forth and gush forth onto people's lives. And you're going to prophesy and speak the word of God. Nabar. Interesting. So, Samuel, he's a prophet. He's a seer. A seer. Pouring out. Bubbling up the word of God as in the activity of the Spirit of God flowing from the innermost being like a river of life flowing forth. Only in this context, what's flowing forth is like a river is the word from the prophet. Words from God. Verse 10 and 11, well, they decided to go to the city where the man of God was. Listen, I want you to follow me now. It seems like a bunch of random details, but God is working and doing things behind the scene. And this is what we're learning here. Are y'all getting that? Everything is for a purpose. Somebody say Amen. So they found some girls out there going to draw water. And they asked, is the seer here? Verse 11 and 12 is a really long answer from these women. And that's all I'll say. It's a really long answer from these girls. And keep in mind now, in my sanctified imagination, okay? These girls, keep in mind, Saul was tall, dark, and handsome, and rich. Okay, and Saul shows up. Hey, is there a, 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 a prophet around here? And, and the girls are looking at him like, yes. <laughs> yes. And they're just going on and on and on just to keep him longer. <laughs> All they had to do was say, yeah, right up there. Just <laughs> keep it moving, buddy. They ain't do that. Oh, yeah, 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 verse 11. Yeah, 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 verse 12. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He got to pray for the food. <laughs> it's my guess. Who am I? But it's my, <laughs> it's my guess that if this guy would have been short and funny looking, <laughs> they would have said, yeah, he's up there getting lost. That would have been verse 11. <laughs> it's interesting, though. It just happened. Did y'all get this? It just happened that Saul and his servants came looking for the donkey on the same day Samuel was in town. Hmm. Providence. Look at verse 15. Let's take another chunk. Look at verse 15. Now, the Lord had told Samuel, underline this in your neighbor's Bible, in his ear the day before Saul came saying tomorrow about this time I'm going to send you a man from the land of Benjamin and you shall anoint him commander over my people Israel that he may save my people from the hand of the Philistines for I have looked upon my people because their cry has come to me does that sound familiar uh, ding 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 Moses so when Samuel saw Saul the Lord said to him there he is, the man of whom I spoke to you. This one shall reign over my people. And then Saul drew near to Samuel in the gate and said, please tell me, where's the seer's house? 
Samuel answered Saul and said, duh, I'm the seer. Go up before me to the high place for you shall eat with me today and tomorrow I'm going to let you go and I'm going to tell you all that's in your heart. And by the way, as for those donkeys that were lost three days ago, do not be anxious about them for they have been found. And on whom is all the desire of Israel? Is it not on you and on all your father's house? And Saul's thinking, what? Because he knows exactly what that means. And Saul answered and said, me, I'm, I'm a Benjamite. I'm of the smallest of tribes of Israel and my family, the least of all the families of the tribes of Benjamin. Why then do you speak like this to me? And Samuel took Saul and his servant and brought them into the hall and had them sit in the place of honor among those who were invited. There were about 30 people. And Samuel said to the cook, bring the portion which I gave you, of which I said to you, of which I said to you, so I told you, set it apart. So the cook took up the thigh with his upper part or the shoulder. I think King Jimmy says shoulder and set it before Saul. And Samuel said, here it is. What was kept back, it was set apart for you. Eat, for until this time it has been kept for you since I said I invited the people. So Saul ate with Samuel that day. Okay, stop there. There's no, I think somebody calls it dinks or coincidences in God's economy. Saul is working and, and walking around looking for everywhere for the donkey. And he, and he thinks actually God has brought him here because, but God is actually looking for him. That's why God brought him there. God told Samuel about it the day before Saul came. Did you get that? Tomorrow, a man from the tribe of Benjamin is coming. He's the commander of my people. God said in verse 16 that he may save my people from the hand of the Philistines, but I've looked upon my people because their cry has come to me. I do want you to notice what is not said. God didn't say, when you read the Bible, it's good for you to at least visit what is not being said. What's not being said. I do it all the time. It's kind of first thing comes to mind. Okay, what's not being said? We want to notice here that God did not say that he's going to be the king over my people. He did not say that. He said he's going to be the commander. That's what God said. Are you with me? Not the king, the commander, or it might even use the word reign. But not king. God didn't say he was going to be king over my people. God said he'll be the commander over my people in verse 16, verse 17. One who shall reign over my people. The word commander or ruler or reign is more like is in the context of like a judge. In God's eyes, Saul's just another judge or leader like Moses, but not king. Because God didn't make him a king. God didn't... God said, this is your king. This is your king. Not my king, your king. This is the king you want. The king I want, we haven't got him yet. He's a little boy with red hair and freckles and he likes sheep. This is your king. 
And God calls him a commander. Verse 15 tells us the Lord told Samuel in his ear the day before Saul came. God spoke these words in the ear of Samuel. Why? Because chapter 8, verse 21, Samuel spoke in the ear of the Lord. Interesting. God spoke in Samuel's ear because Samuel spoke in God's ear. Those who talk to the Lord are those who will be talked to by the Lord. That's just the way it works. If you talk to the Lord, the Lord's going to talk to you. Say amen. amen. If you give to the Lord, the Lord's going to give to you. Say amen. amen. In verse 18, Saul walks up to Samuel and says, do you know where the seer lives? Samuel said, I'm the seer. And that tells us something here. Watch this. It tells us the prophet of God didn't look like a prophet. I don't know what a prophet looks like. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.